episode. It's, episode, it's going to be okay. Let's start the show again. <laughs> okay. It's going to be episode one hundred and seventy-seven. Okay. All right. Welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm Dave Cohen. And I'm James Carey. And this is episode 177. And uh, it's a, a very special episode. And James and I, uh, we're both very excited, aren't we, James? We are excited, which is unusual because sitcom <laughs> writers tend not to get excited about anything uh, short of being offered money for work. Uh, but you know what? We, we've almost got that, haven't we, Dave? We're, we're heading in that direction because uh, what we are going to do today, we're going to talk about um, a new competition that uh, we are uh, we have organised uh, in conjunction with Hat Trick TV. How about that then, hey? Hat Trick. Um, they are awesome co- comedy production company of great heritage. Um, uh, Jimmy Mulville is, is the head of that company and is probably the best known but there are lots of others. And Ooh. so in conjunction, Dave has done all this. I can't really claim much credit. Yeah, he has got Hattrick to pony up uh, uh, prize money for this competition. Isn't that right, Dave? That's correct, yes. And uh, the prize money, the winner uh, of this uh, sitcom writing competition uh, from Hattrick is going to win £1,000. Um, £1,000. That's not bad, is it? That's better than our last competition where you got to be a guest on the podcast and have your your sitcom script critiqued by us. It is a bit of a step up, I have to say. Maybe not for the winner, actually, of that. Maybe Peter thinks, oh, well, actually being on Sitcom Geeks was the highlight of my career and anything after that is is less. But but that's not just also, um, as well as that prize for the winner, £1,000, there is a chance of uh, development meetings and uh, writer's room experience uh, at Hattrick. Um, and so that's a really uh, interesting um, uh, aspect of this uh, competition. And um, so, yeah, so we, we are... So in, in short, is it is it fair to say, so Hattrick are excited about this and... So there's the there'll be the winning script, which obviously um, will will be given close attention by Hattrick. But actually, there's a, there's a handful of scripts that will go through to them. So there, there's there's possibilities of of a potential interest in meetings. So you know, in a way, we can't overpromise what that's going to mean. But we are developing this uh, this competition with them. So this is a this is a way in. And I know lots of questions that we get uh, on the podcast are, can I send my script to a production company when it says please don't send us your script to which the answer is obviously well no they've just said they don't want it um so it looks like doors are closed everywhere but this is an open door there is light emanating from it you can almost hear choirs of angels singing on the other side and beckoning you in uh, am I overstating no, it a bit? No, Dave? because Maybe in, in fact, um, I had a meeting with Hattrick. We we discussed this, and um, there, there there were um, you know I did I did say about how um, difficult it is for new writers, and how you know you've gone are the days when you could uh, actually even send a script to uh, a company just so that they would ignore it. You you know you can't even do that anymore, yeah. um, and and they acknowledge that as uh, you know. Um, uh, and that's partly and at that meeting can I just mention that meeting when you told me about it because I wasn't able to be there but when when Dave told me about what this meeting was like it sounded like the council of Elrond uh, where Dave sort of walked in and the whole development team were sort of sat around waiting uh, to talk to you and, and there at the centre um, was uh, Galadriel uh, or uh, who's who's the dude uh, who's the Kiwi guy um, 
who plays the head elf. Uh, anyway, Jimmy Mulville was there too at the centre you, of this. You completely lost me on these cultural references, James, I have to say. <laughs> Well, for Lord of the Rings fans, for anyone who's seen one of the most successful movies in human history. Yeah, so and, and of course, because everyone's socially distanced, it was a sort of giant room, uh, although there were only like sort of eight people. <laughs> um, so there was lots of... Sorry, what was that? Can you repeat that, please? Pardon? What? Uh, not just from me, because I'm a, a, a bit deaf, but, but everybody was uh, having that. But it was, it was great. You know, they really are very excited um, by this. And, and so that's, uh, you know... Coming back to that point, the fact is that it is actually uh, this, as far as I'm aware, apart from BBC competitions, is the only uh, comedy competition really that's actually uh, free to enter, free to en free at the point of entry. Um, we were considering um, running this uh, competition with um, BCG Pro and uh, British Comedy British Comedy Guide, and actually they're going to be uh, involved because they're they're brilliant at kind of you know getting scripts in and and sending. Um, Sending yeah. them out to us and all that side of it. They host our show uh, on their servers. They are brilliant. They are a good force in the comedy world. Yeah. But even they aren't technically receiving entry fees for this. So um, so that's all been waived. So this this competition is free at the point of entry. Um, there is a there, there is a caveat coming up because everyone's thinking, oh my goodness, you're going to get sent 8,000 scripts. Uh, which, but, but we'll come to that in a moment. Yeah, I mean, well, actually, the first caveat we should mention um, is that we're looking at new writers. Um, Stop listening now, Stephen Moffat. Uh, your time is up. This yeah. is not open to you. It's. Um, I know quite a few writers who've had quite a few credits who would consider uh, that, that actually uh, this is about as near as I'm going to get to getting someone from Hattrick to read my script. Um, so I'm afraid um, that's, um, that, 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 you know, uh, butt out guys and uh, gals yeah so I'm if, if you've had a if you've had a half hour sitcom script produced on tv i think is pretty much um i, I think that's what even, we're saying yeah uh, it might even be that you know if you've been if you have been paid for a script before we don't know we haven't got the absolute exact uh details yet but we're just kind of thrashing them out but that, yeah yeah because the opening uh, date for this is you got a, you got a month or, or so uh to get your act together uh, and we'll we'll stick some terms and conditions uh, on the BCG uh, website, so you'll be able to see exactly who who's in uh, who who is eligible for this. But essentially, the vast majority of listeners to this show who've not been paid for writing work, this this is for you. Uh, so that's very exciting. Now, the, the, should we get to the caveat, Dave, about what we're looking for? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So the emphasis is uh, on mainstream uh, sitcom. Okay, so um, what do we mean by by mainstream? Now there was this word that was being banded about at the meeting, and they all kind of groaned when they said it. But you know that how uh, management speak kind of a word takes off. Somebody says something, and then the boss says, "Oh, that's a good word." And now apparently everyone in commissioning is saying they're looking for uh, we're looking for co-viewed shows. That's co-viewed, which is a horrible phrase, really, and it also it sounds like covid so we're looking for covid shows no we're not looking for covid shows co-viewed by which they mean they're just trying not to say family shows because they're not trying to kind of uh, exclude 
people or you know kind of uh, uh, yeah. uh demonize people who aren't in families or whatever but what they mean is shows that can be watched across all age groups so um you know kind of that the shows that are uh family shows like in the broadest sense so like um a group of people could be a workplace uh could be in like an ensemble piece but it's also sh shows that you can watch with your kids if you've got kids or with your grandparents uh if you've got them or you know kind of you watch that the, i mean the, 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 there are obvious examples uh, and in fact hat trick uh, has a has a long track record of making uh lots of shows like these father ted uh the kumars drop the dead donkey Derry girls outnumbered these are all um hat trick shows and they're all shows that you know you can watch um with with anyone really i mean which which is interesting because father ted obviously back in the day was on channel four after nine o'clock and it was it was a little bit exciting it was a little bit daring wasn't it um but in a way i think there's a sensibility to it which is well in in one sense inclusive isn't it it rather than so essentially, we don't really, we, I don't think we're going to get very far with a sitcom that's set in a brothel. Um, that just feels like you're going to make it very hard to make that uh, an appeal, a co-viewing experience. Um, but in a sense, it's just worth thinking like, you know, there's, there's stuff like Open All Hours, which obviously feels very, very mainstream. And there's other stuff like Ghosts, which is, uh, you know, again, a bit of a silly show, but it's about ghosts and it's it's got it's got scariness in it and that kind of thing and obviously actually i don't watch my kids with ghosts because they scare e really easily so that for me is not a family show um even though i think i've seen uh every episode <laughs> okay um but what i mean by that is so it's a pretty broad category it's just what we're not really looking for is is dark stuff stuff that's really alienating stuff that's almost a comedy about comedy stuff that's really heavily deconstructed and uh, and not in a Mrs Brown way um but in a much more you know uh, Gary Shandling uh, sort of way I don't think we're looking for something like that um but but the middle is pretty broad isn't it yeah we'll 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 stick to what they are looking for at this point we'll get on to what they're not looking for in in a moment in more, in more detail um Friday night dinner is another show they mentioned uh and that's a kind of uh, well you know that that's a family sitcom it's got the four family people in it every week and then the, and the neighbor uh and that's that's basically it and then uh, usually there's, there's another or there was another person like an aunt or a, an uncle or a whatever but that basically mm. it was the, the the mum dad the two boys uh and the same thing same thing every night and every episode good warm lovely funny sitcom i think um they mentioned staff let's flats as well that's sort of you know it's a kind of uh ensemble kind of ensemble uh work workplace um but we we, we are talking as you say about shows um that that have they, they kind of have a warmth to them i suppose we 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 have talked i think did we do a whole episode about tone in a show have we ever talked did we ever do that we've, we've talked about it well it turns out we've done 176 before this one so we must have done, done tone at one point or another you, but i think tone is a good it's a good it's a good thought isn't yeah it? could you do you want to just give a uh to talk about tone for a moment uh what we, what we mean uh, by that do you think i don't really know what we mean by it but i think instinctively we do know what we mean by it don't yeah. we there is a there is a a kind of a welcoming 
positive tone to a sitcom. I mean, I guess Brooklyn Nine-Nine has a positive, playful tone, even though it's about policing on the mean streets of, of New York. So, yeah, it's a bit it's a bit cartoonish and that's fine. So tonally that that works. But then there are other shows that are that might be appear to be more mainstream, but tonally look um, look much meaner. So you could have a period comedy um, and think, oh, that that sounds funny. That could be funny. But then there's Hunderby, uh, which was not a particularly tonally upbeat uh, co-viewing kind of show in that same sort of way I mean I, I only saw the first one I didn't I, I, I didn't particularly go for it. I didn't think it was bad I just didn't didn't really appeal to me um so there are other shows there was another show called Flowers I think wasn't oh, it on yes. Channel 4 oh yes um and so there are lots of shows like that which which do fine and people like and you know I, I've, I've no great uh, problem with those shows but um tonally there's a difference isn't there yeah. so they don't have to be upbeat and goofy although mm. upbeat and goofy is, is great uh, but I think there just needs to be um, a, a, a bit of a warmth to it. Mm. Uh, so that even if it isn't a family, in fact, it probably won't be a family. It kind of feels like a family. And and go back to the episode where we spoke to Sarah Morgan, uh, that fundamentally is all sitcoms are families. And there's a theory in which you can just say um, every successful sitcom, at least, uh, has a has a family uh, element to it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's true, and I, and I think actually going slightly um, uh, more. Uh, one other thing I would add is like so you can have a show like um, Derry Girls, which is potentially uh, a very serious. You know, it's it's got got a very serious uh, backdrop to it, um, but it's kind of about it's about people coping in that serious world, and and ha- it's almost like how do you cope in that in that world where you know the kind of violence and soldiers on the mm. streets or whatever is an everyday thing how how do you find ways around that in the same way that maybe like a show like porridge you could say well it's about you know actually don't ask too many questions about what these characters did in their previous life uh because we don't really we don't want to know um but what we like about it that, 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 there is a kind of that, that you know the kind of the unity of the the, the um the, the prisoners their their kind of their battles against their little battles against authority that it, it sort of is like almost like a family sitcom whereas i would say maybe something like uh peep show which is a very very popular show and we do we do get a lot of shows i feel that are quite it's it's a very influential show i would say peep show and a lot of writers want to write shows like peep show um but i i think it's a um that there's the talking about sort of warmth and things like that we don't actually that's not necessarily um the kind of the tone of peep show really i would think um so kind of bravely not 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 so much a show like that really um, should we talk about uh, so so let's yeah let's talk about the shows that that, that we're not looking for um, dark comedy that's a word that's uh, often used and a lot of people say I want to write a dark comedy um, I mean Derry Girls is potentially a dark comedy really isn't it but it's um, it manages to not it's a but it's, it's about a, the tone yeah yeah hmm. um, and so uh, I mean another example of what you were as you were talking I was thinking. My my wife has always liked Bluestone 4-2, not just because it helped pay the mortgage, but because it is actually a very, very warm show. But I would say that isn't really what we're after because it contains weapons-grade swearing. 
as well as weapons, great weapons, um, and also sort of a fairly serious threat and, and violence. Um, uh, you know, all of which I would say is artistically justified. Uh, but I would say tone, tone, therefore, isn't quite everything. It's actually almost a borderline a show like that, I would say, because although it is a very dark, you know, the subject matter and, and, you know, kind of quite terrifying subject matter, it is still about kind of, you know, uh, a, a family unit, really, isn't it? It's about people. How, how do you yeah. cope with that? Yeah, that's true. But it's just I think that the, the, the threat and the language probably push it slightly out of and, and obviously some I know lots of teenagers did watch it and really liked it. And it was on BBC three, you know, so um, mm. but I think that says more about uh, UK parenting than anything else, uh, <laughs> frankly. Uh, so, uh, but that's let's not get sidetracked no. uh, into that. Um, I, I think the sort of examples of shows that we're talking about, I suppose, the, the, the obvious example of, of what might be called a dark comedy is uh, Fleabag. Um, again, obviously a very, very popular show, a show that, you know, and again, we do get a lot of scripts that are uh, very influenced by Fleabag, which, you know, is not surprising. It was, it, it was certainly, it was, you know, the kind of, the, the sort of standout sort of show of the last few years in terms of, you know, kind of being, being different to, to everything else that's out there. But also I think shows that are, um, well, I know, cause we talked about it, um, shows that are like stand up driven. So a show like say sort of starstruck or the Duchess. So sh shows that are sort sort of about, a, a character who's already out there like a stand-up um you mentioned there i thought uh, and, and, and we didn't have this on the list but i think that's a very good one and i'm sure they will agree those kind of meta shows about you know like uh shows about about showbiz you know that 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 kind of um uh curb your enthusiasm uh for instance or or um god i've forgotten the name of it now the tina fey one my brain has just turned 30 Rock. Yes, my brain has turned to mush. Uh, Gary, Gary um, Larry Sanders show. The Gary Shandling uh, show. Et cetera. Yeah. So um, that kind of thing is is probably not not there. And the, the thing that actually really cheered me when I when we first suggested this uh, idea to Hattrick, we thought, oh, so let's do a, uh, they said, oh, let's do a sitcom competition. And the first thing James and I said, oh, God, what if they're, what if they're going to ask for, comedy dramas and oh god bloody hell and the first thing they said was um we don't want a comedy drama we don't want shows with a strong narrative arc so uh the wrong man's you know um home this way up those kind of shows um the, these are shows with these very you know with very through narratives they want a show that you can watch an episode a standalone episode and uh you know you can you can come to the show on series two, episode four, and decide, oh, I like this, and then go back and watch the rest of them. Um, you know, and yeah, that's a really helpful distinction because actually, that 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 more than anything else will hopefully probably um, be a be a bigger problem and a bigger barrier for some people uh, rather than tone. Because I think this question just comes up all the time now about because I, I, I think people fundamentally have a problem calibrating what a sitcom is and what a comedy drama is and I, I'm almost up for abandoning the word comedy drama because it's so misunderstood um, there, there are things now which I so people often say uh, you know they've written a pilot script or they talk about their show and it's all about the character doing this thing 
they discover this it turns out they're this and then they do this they go off and do this and then they do this and this and this and you think well that's what i used to say that's a three-hour movie um broke broken up into chunks and i would say that's not a comedy drama i would say that's a funny drama um and i think quite often in these stories it just you get the sense when people are telling you the story or pitching it or writing it up that they're more interested in the story than the characters and I have no problem with that at all. I've just read uh, Brave New World and the characters in that are quite interesting, but it's all about the story and the setup and stuff. And, um, you know, and, and when you read a novel, it tends to be that the characters uh, have an epiphany, they change, they go on a journey and then they're done. And, that, and that's great. That's what movies are. And so we, there are lots of TV shows which also have jokes in them that might classify as comedy dramas. I would say they're, they're funny dramas, but they're not sitcoms. Uh, whereas a sitcom is, it's all about the characters and it's going to be the same characters in similar situations each week, but you need to have a situation and a series of characters where there is endless variation. So we, that, so that's the thing that we want. We want a sitcom. <laughs> Don't we? Don't yeah. we? Dave? And not not only that. Not only are, are they different. That they're they're absolutely in contradiction to each other. The, you mentioned the character who goes on a journey and learns, and uh, you know, whereas your sitcom character does not go on a journey and does not learn, and that's the whole point of it. And uh, you know, that's so. It's it's uh, we we have talked about how how do you square this contradiction, and it there are some shows that manage it but but it doesn't always work i think i may be wrong but um potentially and this will be very helpful to us that normally around this time of year as well the bbc writers room run a competition to ask you for a comedy drama script um so because they've stopped doing comedy they have, haven't they they've yeah. stopped doing out and out comedy yes uh shame on them but um there's a, <laughs> well there's no, there's nobody up, up, you know at, at this point this is the only competition um this is the only thing that's open to everybody uh you know there's nothing out there the bbc really should have kind of free competition they had the golden and simpson thing a year ago but that, we haven't heard any more they've kind of been on hold bbc comedy for about two years now uh changing wow dave's really calling out the bbc here i'm loving this come on bbc let's let's see it well, what are you gonna let a podcast and hattrick steal a march on you what come on yes that's right that that's that, that's you know get get in there you're giving it the old um you know kind of um uh, motivational speaker there to the bbc come on bbc come get, on bbc you know get get your ass in gear or whatever whatever get your ass in gear the bbc Absolutely. would call it get your um, posterior in, in, in gear um oh right. that's that's not the bbc no anymore. no fair enough no. um so that's you know it's it, it's hopefully so if you if you're not sure you know if which which is which that it should become very clear and one, one thing we are going to do um so we're launching the the uh competition now but we're going to be uh talking about it a lot we're going to be interviewing uh, jimmy mulville as well uh on the show and um we'll, we'll do a we'll, we'll talk to him about the competition and what you know how he sees it and what, what what he wants from it that's going to come uh in about a month or so um we're going to be running uh, a series of blogs um 
just just across the whole kind of area and make sure that so you know you know things like obviously we'll talk about character and story and jokes and all that but we will really try and make it easy for you to see how you know if you're writing this kind of thing that's wrong you know so we're we're, we're, we're going to try and do that and then we'll open the uh window for um the, the competition for getting your scripts on the 1st of december wednesday the 1st of december and then uh the window will stay open all the way through over christmas and new year uh and uh close on the wednesday the 5th of january so you've got about four or five weeks including hopefully if you're lucky some time just towards the end when you're you can just concentrate on writing if you you know that's right the the 12 days of christmas yeah. can become the 12 days of sitcom and then you can send off your script on wednesday the 5th of january and enjoy t and enjoy 12th night on the 5th uh, of January but I would always uh, I would always advise and, and we we spoke to the B when we did speak to the BBC writers room about this I think um, ab about their competitions they've run before and their open windows and stuff uh, they've always said try to get it in early earlier because if you if you hit the deadline and there are technical difficulties your internet goes down you can't log in or something like that and then you miss the deadline well that's it um, and then you've got to send begging emails uh, to which the answer will be, no, you've had a whole month to get this in. So um, be professional, get it in. Um, but we've, we, I, I, just, I was keen to extend it to the 5th just because people take a lot of time off over Christmas and New Year. And that's the time to be uh, finishing it off, polishing it up, going through it one more time. And in the future, I'm, I'm developing a resource at the moment to, to sort of buff up your script and, and give it... Um, give it a really good uh once over mot checklist sort of thing uh so i'll keep you posted on that um but i'm also going to rerun a webinar i was doing uh if i may just uh, make use of this uh, moment dave um so uh in september i did a webinar called uh, sitcom in a day so i'm going to run that one again which is a live course on zoom for a whole day where it's like everything you need to know about writing a sitcom with links to other stuff so that we don't sort of take up the whole day with things that you can watch online uh, for free. Uh, so so I'll be running that again and I'll be, if you follow me on Twitter at Sitcom Geek, um, then, uh, then you'll see stuff there. And I've got a blog as well called Sitcom Geek at uh, sitcomgeek.blogspot.com. Um, but if you look for James Carey, Sitcom Geek, you probably won't go too far wrong. There aren't that many Sitcom Geeks called James Carey out there, I'm pleased to announce. So there'll be a couple of, there'll be a couple of things coming up from me. Um, and Dave is always doing stuff as well. Dave, what, what sort of stuff are you um, planning Well, actually, mostly in the next few weeks, I'm, I, I've got a course, uh, um, a build a sitcom, which um, is slightly more modest uh, attempt. You, only, you have a whole eight weeks to, to create a sitcom. <laughs> rather than a single day uh, but I'm also I'm running a, a, a rewriting course which I'm quite excited about because that's um, that's something that nobody ever really uh, talks about or does 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 uh, things for so if you've got a script now already um, you can go to if you go to davecohen.org.uk um, I'm going to be um, I'll have a few places left, I think, for people to to come and do this. It's like a, a four week correspondence course where we we really uh, look at the script that we've written and we examine what's working and what isn't, and then we we look to make it work better, uh, and then we kind of really 
do a similar kind of MOT thing, but on the first 10 pages to really make those first 10 pages uh, yeah. stand out. Um, yeah. But also don't worry if you're, um, if you're not able to do any of those things, you don't want to, that's all completely fine. Just because we're doing those things, it doesn't in any way affect the outcome of the, of the competition. Uh, it's going to be done anonymously. So we're not going to actually know who's written what, um, and there'll be other people checking in and reading and auditing what we're doing too. So we will be, we, we won't be waving stuff through that we might have seen before uh, from Patreons, for example, or anything like that. So, um, so this is this is all going to be um, done done proper uh, because Hattrick are involved. So we're all on our best behaviour. Uh, so we we don't want to uh, don't want to go on the wrong side of Hattrick, I think. Um, so there'll be links to all that in the show notes, and we'll keep you posted on that. But if you follow us on Twitter, I'm Sitcom Geek. We are Sitcom Geeks on Twitter and on Facebook. And Dave is um, at Dave, Dave Cohen Comedy. At Dave Cohen Comedy. I'm sorry, I can't. I have a total <laughs> blank on that. But it's one of those things where I don't need to know it because I already follow you on Twitter. Exactly. So um, I don't really I don't punch in your name every time I want to see what you're saying on Twitter. That's that's not really how no. it works, is it? Um, but I just wanted to go back yeah. just to one last thing on story arcs. And I think I want to reiterate something that Dave has said in the past, which I think is really, really helpful um, about comedy dramas and story arcs. So we want sitcoms. Um, and it's OK to have a little arc in your sitcom. But the arc, I would say, let, let us say, for example, you have a sitcom that is set on a cruise liner. Um, the first episode could be casting off the opening day of the crew, uh, crew arriving or, or the, you know, it is leaving. And the final episode could be the ship is docking after it's, you know, 30 day voyage, 60 day voyage or something like that. So there is a kind of a, a beginning and a middle and an end to it. But essentially episodes two, three, four, five and six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, up until episode 12 are stuff happening on a on a cruise line and of course it's about the characters it's not about stuff happening it's about the characters so i think those kinds of things where you do have an episode one which is the beginning of a journey it could be a couple agree to get married and then the final episode is the wedding day and each episode is is a subset of like this week the cake you know and then next week it's the you know booking a honeymoon and then the following week so there's a story of the week which we're seeing them doing in in real you know in in their normal places and that kind of stuff and it may be that we don't see the honeymoon um or, you know or maybe that's series two uh but i'd rather i'd rather not you know series two episode one should be just got back from honeymoon wow that that was bad <laughs> um and you know episode one is living with the tropical diseases that they've picked up on their honeymoon or, or whatever um so i think those kinds of things are okay and actually quite hard to avoid in some situations personally i would just start the ship mid cruise on a cruise liner i don't think we necessarily need to see the beginning you could have the casting off episode done in flashback in episode three um west wing starts with jed bartlett as president and then series two is how did he get to be president which you know worked worked really well i thought you've you've seen west i wing, haven't, haven't actually no I, I, it's a... no lord of the I'm rings no, no know, west wing i know i am what kind of a sitcom geek oh they're not <laughs> yes sitcom, exactly i'm a kind okay. of guy who watches comedy uh <laughs> okay fair enough sorry uh i i've just subscribed to the history hit uh documentary uh app 
uh, thing, you know, so I, I can just get to watch history mm-hmm. documentaries now. So yeah. uh, I'm, I'm terrible at watching sitcoms at the moment, but um, I, I have been trying to... Uh, I've been watching Ghosts. Oh, there, well, you there you go. I have yes. nearly, I've Great. nearly watched all of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So well, just one more thing that we wanted to talk about because this did kind of come up uh, in the meeting, and what uh, Hattrick are saying is uh, understandable as they are Hattrick, and they've had lots of them. We're looking for a hit show, um, and you know, so uh, w- w- you know, what's a hit show? So you know, it's kind of. Um, that's a kind of tough ask, really. But I did think that there is a way that we can talk about what, what a hit show is, because in the last few years, both of us have, uh, in, in different shows, written for shows that um, we had no idea that they were going to be hits, because uh, you never do know with a show. But mm. uh, you, James, worked on uh, Miranda. and uh, Yes, I and did. I worked on uh, Horrible Histories. And so, I mean, I... I I just thought we could sort of talk to each other a little bit about what, uh, how, how did how did a hit show come about? And obviously, this isn't going to be oh well, this is how you do a hit show because if it was that easy, we'd all be doing it. But these are examples in our very recent memories that 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 may just help kind of when you're thinking about the sort of thing that you want to make. So. Just to, to, to ask you, really, when uh, you know how I know Miranda was never. Uh, I mean, it was on BBC Two anyway, wasn't it? It was a uh, uh, you know there was what uh, was when when you were um, first creating the show. What was your kind of how, how did you how, how how did you sort of feel about when it was being made? You know, in the, well, I mean, I I I didn't join it at the very start. Um, I helped out with the radio series, but even then, it had been commissioned for TV and. Miranda had a very clear idea of what the show was in her head. Um, but we can learn from that. I learned a huge amount working with Miranda and, and for her, you know, and for the show. And I just think she was really clear on what the show was and what it wasn't. So although it was based around partly around a central performance and as writers, we don't, you know, so if you're writing a script for this competition, you're you're writing for, for actors and, and that's not you um, and you can't write in the script trust me when I do it it's funny uh, that's that's not really what we're after but there was just a very very clear point of view and so the main writing voice as it were on this show knew exactly what the show was and what it wasn't it was all about Miranda her house rule was uh, I am in every scene um, which immediately initially goes you know to a to a normal British person is like oh Wow, who, who, who do you think you are? <laughs> to which the answer is Miranda. And that's the title of the show. Uh, so I get to be in every scene. And if you don't like Miranda, then you're not going to like the show. So I might as well be in all of it. Um, so all of the plots revolve around her. There isn't really, um, you know, and it's about her trying to fit in, um, you know, and she's just this square peg in a round hole. It's, and she's, she's she, in one sense, she's a fish out of water. She's not one out. Um, everyone else seems to be, you know, smug, married, getting on with life, successful, grown up. And she just feels, uh, you know, trapped in this strange body. She wants to play. What I love about the the shop that she runs, it's completely, um, it's completely accurate to her as a show. But, you know, it's a joke shop, really. I mean, in the radio series, it was even more of a joke shop. But in the TV show, it's just it just sort of sells useless junk, doesn't it? It's just it's not it's not a serious shop in that sense. It's for people who don't really know what else to to buy. 
Um, and I think it works metaphorically because Miranda doesn't really know what she wants to do with her life because she doesn't have particularly strong feelings about 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 anything sort of politically motivated. She's not driven financially. Um, and then her, you know, the, the, the man that she's always really liked um, goes starts a restaurant next door. And it's kind of that. And but it's that immense pressure from mum. But I just think there was a really clear voice uh, at work in that show uh, that Richard and I were just really trying to hone and, and, and help her find and just go, how about this? Maybe this, maybe not that. That's, um... And I think that's the advice I'm giving lots of writers now is just always, you know, what is what is the voice of this show? Because that's what they're looking for. They're looking for voices. They're looking for a well-executed script, but they're more interested in a script that has a strong voice than a script that is technically perfect. A technically executed script that that is like it's competent, but it's like, okay, I, su I suppose that kind of works. As a script that's a bit of a mess. Um, I mean, there's the Father Ted story, isn't there? Uh, which was ap apocryphally retold, but I think I think we finally got the final settled version of it, haven't we, Dave? Uh, yes, that's right. And uh, this was Jimmy Mulville mentioned at the meeting that um, they. Um when uh, the late Jeffrey Perkins, who's producer, who who was one of the founders of uh, Hat Trick with, with Jimmy, and um, they received this kind of um, uh, typed up script that was no, not a telly script by any stretch of the imagination, but it was a it was like a a, a smooth a, a, a sort of a, a spoof documentary thing, uh, a, a, a day um, a day in the life of uh, Father Ted Crilly, and it was. Uh, and so it was just, but it was um, him in a car and and just talking about his day, um, and it was you know it was kind of all over the place. But it just uh, there were just these sort of big moments, big hilarious moments in the first three pages, and they just went, mm. oh, this, we've we've got to meet these guys who who wrote this, and that's how that you know that that that, that kind of. Uh, well, we know we know the rest, but yeah, um, I mean, you can go back and listen to the episode with Graham Linehan, um, who, who, I mean, they'd already tried to get Paris on TV, but it feels like this was sort of happening at the same time. So Paris was this very expensive Channel Four sitcom, which didn't work very well. Go back and listen to that episode, and you'll discover from Graham's own words why it didn't go so well. Um, but they'd already, I think, they'd already had this idea, but it was, but it there was just something there that felt really funny. And the technical execution wasn't quite right. So obviously we want lots and lots of technical execution. We're not saying that doesn't matter. But what we're saying really matters is just that, you know, that character, that central idea, that central character and that that voice, uh, which I think is is it, I think that that's what really separates scripts, uh, particularly. I mean, it, given that given that there will be many entries and plenty will be perfectly well executed the ones that will def the ones that will rise to the top of that shortlist as it were are the ones that really feel authored uh, like they've got a, a point of view yeah and i think that's uh, that's actually clarified for me what um the um what 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 hor horrible histories had it did have it had a very clear uh well it, ha it had a very clear authored point of view and the view was uh, of caroline norris the producer um so there were these books you know hit books so that was already something going for it but that's ne never a guarantee that a successful book will become a successful show but she had this very clear idea of uh, sort of life of brian blackadder uh give um uh, take on terry deary's horrible histories books 
and so there was a team of people who knew how to write um those kinds of sketches and um and then there was uh for me the, the you know i i written the sorts of songs like the kind of songs that you would hear in monty python um and so um so it that it, it brought everything that was there was very but was all kind of caroline's her vision really so she and and she got the cast together and everything and those first five series were very much that that clear vision but again you never really know and that's and that's the next thought is you know what when do you realize that actually this thing that you just did which is just a job you you did and this was like it came out a year after we'd written that we'd written it um and that was uh, and it was kind of about four or five weeks in and i had kids the age of the sort of kids who were watching horrible histories and you know everybody at this at this kid's school was talking about it and then and, and word got out that i was i'd written the songs and so suddenly you know people who had never spoken to me were coming up to me and the, and saying oh i'm the biggest i am the biggest fan of this show oh i know this and i can sing all the words to this song and that and it was just it was like god you know i've been yeah. writing for 30 years well yeah and i've done loads of shows i've never ever had this kind of uh you know strangers coming up to me in in the street and talking to me yeah. about it and i think that is you know you just don't know when you when you're doing stuff that that but when you look back on it you can yeah. sort of see the things that you eliminated to get to that place i think the other thing that um you've left out which i think is absolutely critical because and it, they they've stuck to their guns on this from day one is horrible histories is a yes and show not a what if show and so it's always based on the idea that truth is stranger than fiction so they will take a strange fact about henry the fourth and build a sketch on it rather than say, wouldn't it be funny if Henry IV went into space? To which yeah. the answer is, I don't know, would it? Maybe, <laughs> maybe it wouldn't. Wouldn't it be funny if uh, Richard III hadn't uh, died at the Battle of Bosworth? It's like, well, but he did. And what, you know, so it, it just, it was, all the sketches are, they take a fact and absolutely run with it or take three key facts about the Black Death or whatever. And so I, I just think that was a really, really strong format um and they stuck to it uh, and they you know they haven't yeah. they haven't changed it in that in that sense and my kids have seen pretty much every single i think they've only just about stopped watching it now because i think they've right. sort of had enough but they did pretty much watch every every yeah. episode of series one to six or seven or eight or something yeah. i can't quite remember okay well we better wrap up now um we should but, but um that's um hopefully you're going to go away and be very inspired by that be very certain that what you're writing is the kind of show that we've been talking about yeah. um we you know it's going to be we're going to have we know we're going to get a lot of entries and james yeah. and i are going to be reading every every one of them so um we won't take kindly to your uh opening um uh, a bomb exploding mysteriously on an island that's nothing to do with the characters uh on page yeah. four so um so, so bear that in mind uh standalone yeah. episodes i think is the main thing that that that's uh and you know yeah and family family 
Co-viewing. Co-viewing, yes. Not COVID, co-viewing. Yes, that's right. uh, We'll be talking a lot more about that, as we say. We're going to have to remove along soon as well. And uh, But um, good luck. Start start, uh, checking things out. We'll be uh, putting lots of stuff on the BCG uh, website about this. So So look in the show notes for links to that and also to Dave's rewriting course, uh, to my sitcom in a day course, um, and uh, lots more to come. So you're under starters orders, <laughs> and uh, later in December we will shout go, or we are re- we are now ready yeah. uh, to receive your your entries. But anyway, it's a really exciting, really exciting time for sitcom geeks. So. I mean, I was going to say tell your friends, but lots of people don't want to tell their friends now because that's just one other person to compete against. But why don't you tell your friends? Well, tell your friends who aren't comedy writers and they will hold you accountable and make sure you write the the script that we want to see. Absolutely. Um, Okay, so until next time, we'll say uh, thank you very much and uh, speak to you again in a couple of weeks. And um, goodbye to you, James. Bye-bye, Dave. Thanks for listening, everyone. Cheerio. Bye.